let's face it, I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money? Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous like two-bedroom suite instead of a one-bedroom suite so your like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room so you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your your guys' room? Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. In the brand new book, Dear Bi Men, author, peer counselor, and creator of the hashtag Bisexual Men Speak, J.R. Youssef offers an unapologetic guide for readers who are black, mask, and bi. The book features cutting social analysis, personal stories, and reclaims bi plus visibility in a culture of erasure. It also offers practical feedback on how to unlearn internalized biphobia and homophobia, fight back against erasure and stigma, Navigate sex, dating, partnerships, marriage, friendship, and much more. It's available now wherever books are sold. North Atlantic Books is offering listeners 25% off plus free shipping. Purchase Dear Buy Men at www.northatlanticbooks.com and use code CURIOUS25 at checkout for 25% off and free shipping. U.S. mailing address required. Happy New Year! And welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. Another year, another us. I can't believe that it's our first episode of Getting Curious in 2024. Um, I am that person who says Happy New Year through like the duration of January. Um, I can't help it. But I have been thinking a lot about New Year's resolutions and happiness more broadly. 2023 was a very stressful year uh, for me personally and globally. Um, There has been so much uh, collective suffering out there. And so I'm curious, is happiness selfish? How can we be more happy? And that's why we're talking to no one better than Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen Rubin is the author of the best-selling book, The Happiness Project, and host of the podcast, Happier with Gretchen Rubin. She decided to become a writer after clerking for Sandra Day O'Connor. She's been interviewed by Oprah. She's been an answer on Jeopardy. She's walked arm in arm with the Dalai Lama, and she is our guest for our first episode of the new year. Gretchen, how are you? I am so happy to be talking to you. Thank you for having me. And we're talking about one of my favorite things, like getting started in January. It's such a great topic. What is happiness? <laughs> well, as you mentioned, I started my career in law, and I have memories of spending an entire semester in law school arguing about the definition of contract. 
And something like happiness is an even more difficult concept to define. There are something like 15 academic definitions of happiness. But I think for people like you and me, the average person, it's more helpful to think about, you know, maybe it's joy or bliss or contentment or satisfaction or well-being. But whatever it is for us individually, it's it's more helpful, I think, to think about, well, whatever it is, I think it means to be happier this week, next month, next year, what can I do to be happier, however I see it, rather than thinking like, well, what is this mysterious happiness? Can I get there? What does that look like? To me, that's very confusing, but does something make me happier? That feels a lot more um, understandable. So it's more about like a feeling in the present than like a long-term goal. Or it's more about moving in the right direction than wondering if if you've actually gotten there. Yes. You know, because... Are you happy? It's like whenever I'm like, what does that even mean? You can be happy and unhappy at the same time. You can be unhappy in some ways, happy in others. It can get very confusing. But when you're like, could I be, is this making me happier? Is my gardening making me happier? Then you're like, yes, my gardening is making me happier. And you're, whereas you're like, does, am I happy about gardening? It's like, well, but I'm also frustrated. And, you know, it, I think that gets confusing where it's thinking about moving in the right direction feels clearer. How can we be happy when we know that so many people are suffering? Mm-hmm. And is it selfish? That's really what I've been thinking about right. a lot. And I'm well, I think that is the profound question and and the central question, which is, in a world full of suffering and injustice, is it morally appropriate for an individual to think about their individual happiness? And often you might even even making it a, a more difficult question is to think like, well, really, I have all the basics of a happy life. So if I'm worried about my own happiness or thinking about my own happiness, does that just mean I'm a spoiled brat? Um, but what research shows, and I think if you think about the people in your own life, your own experience, you see that happy people are more interested in the problems of the people around them, and they're more interested in the problems of the world. Happier people are more likely to vote. They're more likely to give away their money. They're more likely to do- to volunteer. They're more likely to help out if a family member or a friend or a neighbor or a colleague needs a hand. They're better leaders and better team members. They are more patient. They have a better sense of humor. They have better habits. Um, so, you know, like you talked about TV and, and just all the anxiety of what's happening in the world. When we're happier, we have the emotional wherewithal to turn outward and to think about the pain of the world and the pain of other people. But when we're unhappy, it's really easy to turn inward and become defensive and isolated and preoccupied with our own problems because we're not happy. So we can't even face thinking about the news because we're just so, we just have to manage ourselves. And so being happier actually allows us to turn outward. So sometimes people think like, well, happy people, they just want to sit by a pool and drink margaritas all day. But actually happier people start to think about things like, maybe we need to work on making voting more accessible, you know, and get, and what can I do about that? Um, so I think, you know, if it, if it does feel selfish to be happier, we should be selfish, if only for selfless reasons, because it really does give us the wherewithal um, to engage with the world and the pain of the world. Where would you start to become happier mm. in 2024? Ooh. Ooh, interesting question. Okay, so I would say you could think about that in two ways. So um, one way is to say, well, the secret to happiness is relationships. Ancient philosophers and contemporary scientists agree that to be happy, we have to have strong relationships. So anything that you would do in 24, which would either deepen your relationships 
or broaden your relationships is likely to make you happier. If you start a book group or join a gardening club or plan a reunion with your best friends from growing up or whatever it might be, um, that's likely to make you happier. But I think you could also say that what is the most important thing to do is to think about, is to know yourself and to think about, well, what kind of person am I? What are my values? What are my temptations? What are my interests that I'm not pursuing? And really think about yourself. And it seems like it'd be so easy to know ourselves. Uh, We just hang out with ourselves all day long. But in fact, this is, it's a huge, it's a huge challenge to know ourselves. So you, you might have to think like, well, what do I even want? Who am I anyway? Um, Start there, (laughs) which I think is very hard. What are strategies that we can use to stay in that like loving journey place and not that like, ooh, the journey isn't working the way I thought it was Mm -hmm. going to work place? Well, that's a really tough one. I mean, I think one of the things that's easy to overlook, but which is really important is just to think about your body because your physical experience always is going to color your emotional experience or your mental experience. So it's really easy to be like, oh, I'm going to stay up late, binge watching my favorite show. I don't need that. I don't need that sleep. I can get by on five hours and not realize like, wow, you're really chronically underslept and that is just draining you. Or I'm, I'm not getting exercise the way that I use, I usually do. And so I'm starting to feel kind of sluggish and, and, uh, low energy. Um, but if I got more exercise and more movement, got outside and got some sunshine in my face to like reset my circadian rhythm, that would help, help me because sometimes we think it's like we're responding to the world and we are responding to the world. But when we take care of our own bodies, it, it's, it helps us to have the energy that we need to turn outward. I mean, one thing um, for some people, it's very helpful to say, well, treat yourself like a toddler. You don't let your toddler get too hungry or cold or overwhelmed, or, you know, you make sure that they have like plenty of time to rest and they, you know, they did nothing. You're not exposing them to things that are just going to overwhelm them Um, or treat yourself like a puppy. Some people are so hard on themselves. It's like, would you treat a puppy that way? A puppy needs good food and exercise and fun and companionship and care. And so sometimes you have to treat yourself like something else um, in order to take care of yourself. Because really, it's it's these basics that then will allow us to turn to these more transcendent and really often more challenging things that we're asking of ourselves. You're a literal happiness expert who studies this. So <laughs> should we even make New Year's resolutions? And do they work? Well, here's the thing about New Year's resolutions. We're always more likely to to achieve an aim if we identify it. You know, you're going to hit a target if you aim at it. And so I think it's really helpful to make resolutions um, just to articulate what it is that we want to do for ourselves. But a lot of people don't like resolutions. Like they have bad associations with resolutions because they've made them in the past and they fail to keep them or they feel like a New Year's resolution is arbitrary or they don't like feeling chained to a behavior. So they don't like the idea of a resolution. So there's a lot of ways you can make resolutions that are that are, you know, give you a more fun framework for potentially or a new fresh framework for picking for trying to stick to a New Year's resolution. But I do think that for most people, it's really helpful to because, you know, in the in the busyness of everyday life, we don't often step back and think like, well, what would make me happier? You know, you just you're just so busy going about your day to day. You know, we don't we don't ask ourselves that question. And so I I do think that it and 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 in January first for a lot of people feels like an a cat like a an auspicious day feels like a a fresh start a clean slate. And so if it feels like that for you, it's it's good to take advantage of that. 
why do so many people break resolutions? Is it about like changing, like reframing our, our relationship with the resolution if you fall short? Like, I think that the reason that a lot of people fail to keep their resolutions is they set them up in the wrong way for themselves. So I think it's very easy to think like, if something works for Jonathan, it should work for me. Or if something works for me, it should work for Jonathan. And, and assuming that there's a right way or a best way And that if it's not working for me, there's something wrong with me, or I'm lazy, or I can't keep my promises to myself. Um, Instead of saying like, oh, okay, this doesn't work for me. It works for other people, but it doesn't work for me. How can I set it up in a different way? And and, because there's many ways to achieve our aims. And sometimes, and and it's very clear that some things work really well for some people that don't work for other people. But I think a lot of times people assume that Every a tool should fit every hand, but no tool fits every hand. So you've got to figure out what works for you. I'm obsessed with that. Here's another thing I'm obsessed with with your work, Gretchen. You've created this framework of four personality tendencies. Yes. I f- excuse my French, but I fucking love like personality, Ex- like graph charts, Don't like we all? this sort of thing. <laughs> oh God, it makes me feel so complete yes, and stuff. Exactly. Um, so so you've created this framework yes. of four personality tendencies yeah. that help us understand our approach and how to achieve our goals. Yes. Can like break down like okay. what 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 are the four categories? And also ahead of time, and maybe this will come in part in, in your explanation, but I just I already have a follow-up. Um like can it can you be like a combo? Like, or is it, are you like mostly one or the other? Like what's your, what's the whole situation? Um, so this is a personality uh, framework that I figured out when I was studying habits. Cause I noticed that like sometimes people could really easily form habits and sometimes not. And why? So um, I'm going to explain them. And, and then we're, Jonathan, we're going to figure out what your tendency is. Cause I'm dying to know. I have a theory, but I want to see if I'm right. Um, and most people, I will just briefly describe them and you'll know what you are. You'll know what the people around you are. We could do Game of Thrones characters. The Game of Thrones, very clearly, you see the four tendencies all over Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, And but if people want to take a quiz, like, you know, actually have the fun of taking a quiz and like getting a little report, they can go to GretchenRubin.com slash quiz and take it there for free. Like three million people have taken this quiz. But I'll just explain the framework right now. And, and pro- that's probably enough. Okay. So this looks at something that sounds very boring, but is actually really, really juicy, which is how you respond to expectations. So we all face two kinds of expectations, outer expectations, like a work deadline, and inner expectations, like my own desire to keep a New Year's resolution. So depending on whether you meet or resist an outer and an inner expectation, that's what makes you an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel. So upholders readily meet outer and inner expectations. So they meet the the work deadline. They keep the New Year's resolution without much fuss. They want to know what other people expect from them, but their expectations for themselves are just as important. They tend to love calendars and to-do lists and execution. They don't need a lot of supervision. These are people, their motto is, discipline is my freedom. Mm. Then there are questioners. Questioners question all expectations. They'll do it if they think it makes sense. So they resist anything arbitrary, ineffective, unjustified. They don't like January 1st. They think January 1st is an arbitrary date. They need to know why. They tend to love to customize. They tend to love research. Um, So if something makes sense to them, they'll do it. No problem. But if it doesn't make sense to them, they'll push back. So their motto is, I'll comply if you convince me why. Then there are obligers. This is the biggest tendency for everyone. 
uh, and obligers readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. So these are people who say, why can I keep my promises to other people, but I can't keep my promises to myself? Um, they are the rock of the world. They are the ones who are most likely to help out when someone needs a hand. They pair up the most easily with the other three tendencies. Um, really for them, it's, they're the ones that have the frustration of like, why is it that I can do everything I say I'm going to do for other people, but I struggle for myself. So the answer for them is outer accountability. They have to have outer accountability even to meet an inner expectation. Like if you want to read more, join a book group. If you want to exercise, work out with a trainer, work out with a friend who's annoyed if you don't show up, take your dog for a run who's so disappointed if he doesn't get to go for a run, whatever. You just need that outer accountability. If you're going to keep a resolution, you need that outer accountability. So their motto is you can count on me and I'm counting on you to count on me. And then the final group and the smallest group is rebel. And rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. They want to do what they want to do in their own way, in their own time. They can do anything they want to do. But if you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. And typically, they don't tell themselves what to do. Like, they don't sign up for a 10 a.m. spin class on Saturday because they think, I don't know what I want to do on Saturday. And just the idea that someone's expecting me to show up is going to annoy me. Um, So their motto is, you can't make me, and neither can I. They always say trust your gut. But one time, my gut told me to bleach my eyebrows. And that was fashionable, but not widely well-received. While probiotics can't help you with most of your gut decisions, it can give your gut a little bit of support. And Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Did you know daily disturbances like poor diets, stress, travel, the use of certain medications, and plenty of other factors can throw off your gut microbiome? Oh, no. Enter Ritual. Their Symbiotic Plus has been a gorgeous tool. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide, your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash curious. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash curious for 25% off. If you follow me on socials or listen to Getting Curious and Pretty Curious, then you'll know I've been on a real makeup journey over the last few years. I've especially been enjoying a more colorful eyeshadow moment, and I've been loving incorporating Thrive Cosmetics' full line of makeup into my routine. With clean, skin-loving ingredients, their foolproof products make it easy for any skill level to apply. One thing that's really major about Thrive is how much they're prioritizing giving back. It feels good to know that when I support Thrive, Thrive turns around and supports the communities around them too. I also love that their high-performance formulas are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free and have zero parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash curious. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash curious for 10% off your first order. Okay, I think I know what I am, but um, is there like, can we do like an in real time? Speed round? Like three quote, yes. Okay. And then we'll find out. Okay. So, the, okay. So, I'm about me. Okay. <laughs> so, let me ask you these questions and I'll try to do a speed diagnosis. Okay. Um, 
How do you personally feel about New Year's resolutions? Not what you think generally, but in your own life, how do you personally think about them? New Year's resolutions. I like them, but I also think that like we can decide, like we can create a date that's like our time for change, like at any time of the year. Like I started breathing free from cigarettes on like January 21st of like 2000 and eight or something. Yeah, 2008, I think, or maybe seven when I was like 20. It was like right before my 21st birthday. So yeah, like I, yeah, I like them, but I think you can do them at any time of the year. Okay. Second question. Let's say you and I are in a coffee shop and we're in the back room and it's, it's in the middle of the morning and there's nobody really around. And, and like the, the server is out of sight and there's a sign on the wall that says no cell phone use. And I pull out my cell phone and start using it. How does that make you feel? I don't care. Why don't you care? Um, probably because I would be taking my cell phone out too to like see if someone texted me mm-hmm. or like if the light was really cute, then maybe I'm like, like maybe let's like maybe we'll do like a little selfie if there's no one else around because you know I don't like to be on camera if if it says no no cell phone use I get it but if there's no one else around and they're not going to be in the shot and there's like a really cute background or something mm-hmm. and you wouldn't get kicked out of the coffee shop because you know, you couldn't really tell like if you posted it or something. I just think I'd probably be like, oh my God, let's both take out our phones. Okay. Okay. I think I know, I think I know what you are and it's what I thought going in. Um, so, uh, so that's, that's interesting, but I want to ask you a third question, which is, let's say there was something that you were doing in your own life that was really important to you. You were really sticking to it and it was really important to you, but somebody else was kind of like, you know, that's kind of inconvenient for me that you're doing whatever, you, you've, you've added this to your day or your schedule or whatever. How would you feel about that? None. But I may feel, I may feel like, you know, I may feel a little bad or like wish that they didn't feel that way. But if I was really committed to it and I knew that it was something I really needed to, that was really important to me, I'm like going to do it. I think you're a questioner, Jonathan. And that's what I thought going in from reading your memoir and listening to you talk. I thought you were probably a questioner. Does that ring true for you? Do you feel like... Yeah, when you were describing them, I was like, I got a smile on my face when you were just... Because I was like, yeah, it's like, I'll do it, but I need to understand why. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited for us to learn more about other people because sometimes people are just pissing me off. Like sometimes whether, you know, we all just got done with the holidays I don't know about you, but there was some family time for me. So like, you know, our families have a diversity of opinions and usually not the diversity that I know that I want to hear. And I'm sure that people on the other end, like don't have their, it it happens all the ways. But but, but, I want to learn. But here's, but here's the thing about why the tendencies can help with those like difficult family situations, for instance, like even beyond kind of forming habits or keeping resolutions is like, Let's say you're dealing with a family member who's a rebel. Like rebels, like if you say, well, you have to, be- you like, you have to believe this, right? They'd be like, I don't have to do anything. And they'll just resist, you know? And so if you're understand, like this person is just coming at the world, like not wanting to be controlled, not wanting to be told what to do, not being told what to think. I might be actually accelerating that behavior by coming at them. Like Sometimes we don't understand how people are responding to us, you know, and I feel, and and yes. I, now that I understand the rebel, I'm an upholder, so I'm like the opposite of a rebel. Now that I, under, I understand like how exasperated they are, how they feel like other people are trying to control them all the time. Whereas if you're oh just my God, oh my God, back off. I got to understand this. We got to understand this, Gretchen. Okay, yeah. let's go back to the Game of Thrones analogies. Yes. Okay. Because then I'm going to be able to understand yes. like who the people in okay. my family are who shall remain nameless and, yes. and people can apply it for their, their own too. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. So who who's like the upholder in okay. Game of Thrones world? Okay, we're, we're going to go deep Game of Thrones because I know you can throw it down. 
Um, okay, upholders, beautiful upholders in Game of Thrones, like Brienne of Tarth, right? She's mm. absolutely, she keeps her vows. She's unwavering. She just has this very, very high level of, of you know, keeping her word. And then you see the darker view of it with Stannis Baratheon, right? Because he's supposed to be king, so he's going to be king. Um, his the Onion Knight saved everybody, but he's but the Stannis is still going to chop off his fingers because if you commit a crime, you're going to get punished no matter what. Um, and then Tywin, who is you know constantly marching around, telling everybody what to do. He's always saying like, why can't anybody else in this family just like get with the program and do what I tell them to do? He has this just sort of unfailing discipline. So that's upholders. Like you see the, and all these, all these tendencies have like, they're positive and they're negative. And so it's not that anyone is better than the other. And I think one of the things I like about Game of Thrones is it shows you sort of the good and the bad. For instance, if you think about rebels, so rebels resist outer and inner expectations alike. One rebel is Cersei, who Mm. she'll burn you down. She'll, you know, she'll do anything. She is gonna... She's fierce. Fuck her twin brother no no matter what. No, 100%. She doesn't give a fuck about what you think. Right, and it's like, you're all her enemies. She's just gonna, you know, she's just gonna do it. But the other... Can I just say, Gretchen, sidebar... I found her end to her story so frustrating. I thought she got out too easy. Yes. I wanted something. 100%. I felt like yes. she... Yes. I wanted... And, yes. and I love Lita in real life. So, like, I love you. And I'm glad that you didn't have to film something that was that annoying. But your character, I feel like, got off easy. I just have to say. No, there's that scene where Sansa says, um, I wanted to kill Cersei, but the, your your dragon queen got there first. And you're like, yeah, Sansa should have been able... It should have been like a little finger moment where Sansa got to, like get her vindication. But here's the thing. Cersei's a rebel, but Arya is also a rebel, right? Yes. And Tywin even says to Arya, you remind me of my daughter. They are both oh. rebels. So Arya is the free one, all making all her choices, like moving through the world. And Cersei is also a rebel. So you see kind of the positive and the negative. The biggest questioner, your tendency, Jonathan, is Tyrion. He's the one that's going oh. around saying, why do we have these forms of government? Why can't we do a better thing? Like, why can't we, like, why can't things just make sense? He's the only one who really is articulating the desire to systematically make things better. Or maybe, maybe Varys, too. You don't really know about Varys. But t- but who is Highgarden Maggie Smith? Like, who is... Oh, who Elena, is, um... I can't tell with Elena. There's not enough information. And I love the character of Elena and Marjorie. I can't tell with them because you have to know how people think. But the obligers, the thing, okay, obligers, the biggest tendency in the world, and who are the obligers on Game of Thrones? Jon Snow, Daenerys Targaryen, Jamie Snow. They're all obligers. And here's the thing, if a rebel pairs up in romance or at work, like a pair that works together, if one is a rebel, the other one is is usually an obliger. That's by far the most dominant pattern. Cersei is a rebel, and Jamie is an obliger. Okay, I don't want us to get in a fight because we made it so far through. Yes. But I feel like if Jon Snow was such a fucking obliger, he wouldn't have screwed over Christina Aguilera like that. I still cannot get over... Like, those other people could diddle each other even though they were brother and sister. I just... How could Jon Snow do that to no, her? No, but, but Tyrion said, like, you're the only one who can do it. You have to do it to save the realm. It was a totally obliging no, plea. No, uh, they, but they know uh, he she, he was obliging the wrong person. Well, Why didn't Jon... Obli- All I wanted 
All I wanted was for them to end up together. And I can't believe that they didn't. And I don't care if they were half brother <laughs> and half sister. They were happy. Like Christina Aguilera was finally happy. And after everything she went through, weren't you a little sad for her? I was like sad for Daenerys. Yeah, but you know, she saw it coming. I mean, that was... You do, you think so? Well, that scene where she comes out on the stairs and the dragon wings open behind her and you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to stop at nothing. She's the mo- she has all the weapons in the world, and she's convinced that she's right. She was. I was rooting for her, and I'm still not over it, Gretchen. In 2024, I'm still not over it. But that's why it's a, a good show because because there's all the you're like you're like I don't know I don't know. Were you just like super happy with the ending? You were just like I like Jon Snow. I don't. Or you're just like you were just like you no notes. You had no notes. Uh, <laughs> I had notes, but I I did see the I felt that coming. That's that that ending for her did not come as a shock to me. I felt like I felt like things were going in that direction. I but felt, didn't you still feel like she was screwed? I mean, she burned down an entire city of innocent people when she was given the because chance not to. He rejected her. Like, she was so sad. Isn't that why she did it? Because Jon Snow was like, I don't want you no more because we're half brother and half sister. And then she was like, No, but I don't think that that's why he rejected her. I think he was scared of her. I think he was scared of her. I I don't think he rejected her. Strong women. No, no, no. I think he was was scared of her because he felt like she was, she was going to kill him. She was getting drunk with power. Oh, yeah, that's what it was about. That's what I thought. I don't think it was anything about the relationship. And I think he kept, I think if he thought he could just, be her king and let her be the queen and she would be benevolent or whatever. Benevolent, like, like yeah, a good but it just felt like um she She just, just got too mad. More and more like no one could disagree with her and she I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of the people I close to her, her that so were much. tempering. Yeah. That's true. I just loved her. I was like so team her the whole time. I don't, I just was. But what was. about Varys? Like, just, Remember how she burned Varys? And he was, to me, he seemed so... Which one was Varys again? He was He was the spy. He was the spider. He was the one that thought that he was trying to poison that, her. Did I call him Dr. Evil? Is that the one, the bald one who I call Dr. Evil? You think he's so evil? I thought he was trying to do good. No, 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 no. Who, no, which one was, I think yeah. I got to Google Varys. Which yeah, one, what did one. I call him? The bald one. The, oh. the spy. The, yeah, the one that was always oh, trying I, to. I never, I never, I never trusted him. Oh, I interesting. Never, no, I never trusted him. Oh, I like oh, him. Oh, no, Lord Varys. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. I, okay, but honestly, now I'm realizing maybe I never understood what was going on because I was so busy thinking about nicknames, but no, I thought. <laughs> I thought he was trying to screw over Christina Aguilera. No, he was. So he was I, trying to poison her. That is true. Yes. Yeah, so I wasn't into him because, like, I like Christina Aguilera. You were team Daenerys all the way. I was. And I was from the second I laid eyes on her. I think it was the bleach and tone. I just, I know I was just saying I'm pretty, or you guys are going to see I'm pretty curious that, like, I was not necessarily, but it was a wig. And I just feel like she did everything right. And I just... I loved Christina Aguilera. I loved the dragons. I loved her resurrection story. I loved when she took those fuckers out in that fucking hay fire and she was like, jokes on you fuckers. I can't burn. That was an amazing scene. (laughs) Yes. Like, I just loved her. And and I also loved the Starks. Like, I loved her and I loved the Starks. And I just really liked, and I also, I don't, I don't know. But wait, I feel like I got so distracted from the You wanted a happy ending for kind of the fire and ice of it. You wanted Jon Snow and Daenerys to find a way to rule. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wanted a joint coalition. Yeah. Yes. I'm non-binary, so it's very like me, you know? Like, we're very much like... Bring it all We just want to embrace... Yes. Like, come on. Like, let's just... Let's heal all of our parts. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them ever take their first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Having built a business or two myself, I know just how difficult the whole process is. But Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Yes! From LLC information to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC information plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash JVN. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash JVN. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Let's face it. I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money? Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous like two-bedroom suite instead of a one-bedroom suite so your like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room so you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your your guys' room? Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, we did an episode on um, getting curious last year about, like, uh, this, like, fierce scientist who was, like, studying, like, women of the far right on social media. Mm. And ever since we did that episode, my, I've been talking about it so much on the podcast, my TikTok and my Instagram is, like, inundated with all these, like, hard right conservative. And also, like, I think because I was so shocked by a lot of the, like, judgment and, like, content that was there I can't stop watching it because it's like so now like my algorithm keeps showing me more stuff like that oh no you know there's one part of myself that wants to change hearts and minds but then there's another part that just doesn't really want like like, you know there's like it's like a lot of my parts are like in opposition (laughs) with each other yes yes well and this is social media like as human beings we've never faced this before you could never like encounter this kind of immediate 
like rapid fire, like consequences and and response. It's like, we're just not, this is a fire hose that we just have not evolved to handle. So everybody's just sort of trying to figure out like, well, just psychologically, how do you manage it? Yeah. And as you say, like the bigger your platform, the bigger, like the bigger, the bigger the rock in the middle of the pond, the bigger the ripple. And then like, maybe it's a tidal wave that hits the shore. Dang. Okay. You're coming through with these analogies today because this thing happens to my brain when like, when I get in like a negative, like comment thing with someone or like, it's like, that makes me like, I get this like addicted part of myself that like, I can't stop checking. Mm. And it's not even just mine. It's like any drama like that in comments, I find myself like gravitating to that. So Mm -hmm. I feel like one of my 2024 new year's resolutions is, is to, not keep kicking the like neurological tires in my brain of like drama. And um, even if I think that the drama is like not important, but like, like more about like reaching new hearts and minds, like I say, and not engaging with folks who are like committed to like fighting with me. Okay. Or like, can I step in? Tell me. My sister calls me a happiness bully. So can I step in and like make a, yes. make a few suggestions with this resolution? Yes, okay. please. So because this sounds really important to you. Okay, so as you're framing this, be concrete and specific about what you're asking of yourself. So like, what would that look like? Like if you're saying, I don't want to like, I don't want to go deeper into the, you know, I don't want to press the bruise or whatever. Does that mean you're not going to look at it? Does it mean you're only going to do it one day a week? Does it mean you're going to delegate that to someone else and say, tell me if I need to look at it and intervene, but otherwise I'm not going to look at it? Like, what would that look like for you specifically? Or maybe you need to re- you need to think it over, but sometimes like having an aim, thinking, can you limit it in terms of time? Like, so you're not, yes. you, like, you do it for an hour in a time where you're like, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to be calm. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be in a frame of mind. I'm not going to be like racing through my day where I'm just feeling like these rushes of emotion in the middle of everything that's going on. And so it feels yes, limited. Yes, because I'll do it like first thing in the morning yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Oh. And like, it, and like oh. you know, everything feels worse yes. first thing in the morning. Yeah. Like everything just, because you're kind of tired and like, yeah. and, and everything just feels like way more catastrophic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you might, you might, and then just, it's like, it's going to be this. And, and so you're mentally prepared for it. And then it just happens. And then when it's done, it's done. So you don't feel like it's creeping into every part of your day. Here's something that's kind of fun. I don't know if it would help you with this issue, but it might because it might make it feel less intense is if you change your phone to grayscale. So I wrote about this in Life in Five Senses because like people often can't put down their phones because they're just so entrancing. But if you turn your phone to grayscale, black, white, and gray, it's just like watching a black and white TV set. It's a lot harder to use. It's much more utilitarian. It might be that that would kind of muffle the emotion because it would just feel sort of less you know, energized. So I wonder if when you were checking the comments, you did that. I wonder if just like, strangely, that might make it feel more like words on a page and not like someone screaming into your face. So my resolution is going to be to set 30 minutes or an hour. Maybe you want to do it twice a day, shorter times, so that you feel like, okay, I'm kind of, I know what's going on. I don't know if you have sort of a feeling like I kind of need to monitor it. Like I don't, like yes. not knowing. Yes, I do. Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah, like I could do like one morning, one night. Yeah. It's like 20 to 
can I be flexible like 20 to 30 minutes, but never more than 30 minutes? And I would set an alarm so it goes off so that you're not like getting, you know how you just go into the trance, the social media trance? Yes, we call that the bubble. Yeah, set an alarm. And maybe you give yourself kind of like a warning, like five Mm -hmm. minute warning so that you're like, okay, I'm starting to transition out of this period. Um, I'm finishing up because sometimes it can be very, if it's too abrupt, then you just blow through it. Um, and here's the mm. thing, I would try to do it in a place because this is clearly like very emotionally drained. It's, it's an emotional high and low. So it's like very emotionally charged. Try to do it in a way where you're like, okay, I'm doing this. And like, I'm in a calm place. Maybe there's like pen and pencil. So if you want to take notes or something. So again, you're like, you're, you're in a place to handle it, even kind of physically, like I'm comfortable, I'm calm. I'm not on the go. I'm not like, you know, walking Christian, through the so airport true. looking at my phone yes because you know? i'll be like sometimes I, I i will get so mad yes someone will say something really mean or like just you know really off kilter like literally like i'm not even being sensitive like just like something really mean i will end up blocking them and then everyone that liked their comment i will literally systematically lose like 20 minutes of my life mm-hmm. or th- even longer like that's cool. It, it brings out my inner crazy person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go block 34 people that like that comment. So I, I, I just really like this limiting and it's going to like help my angry part yeah. not be so reactive. Well, and, and here's something to think about too, like because of the, the situation you described, which is called if-then planning, which is when you know that there's something challenging that's going to come up. So often it's like, I exercise regularly, but I'm on, I'm traveling or I'm sick or I hurt my foot or whatever. So if this happens, then what, what do I do? So it's like, if I get a very nasty comment, then I will, what would, what do you think is the, like, what do you wish you would do? What do you feel like, like magical Jonathan would handle it this way? Would it be like, I'll make a note of it on a pad of paper and I'll come back to it five minutes later after I've had some time to digest it? Is it, I will do five jumping jacks and then decide what I'm going to do. Like what would be the, what would be the like ideal way to handle a a really difficult comment? Well, the way that I've like been approaching it is that, and I think this is healthy. It's like people don't get like, I'm not an elected official. People don't get like unfettered access to my Instagram. Like that's not a right. It's like a privilege. You're a mall. You're a privately. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm a mall. And so it's like if you come into my space yes. and you say something right. really violent or right. abusive or whatever. If you want to eat I, at my I don't, auntie ends, you have to, you know. Yeah. I'm and, and and if you leave the like I think just like delete the comment and block the person because okay. it's like you don't get access here. Like you've shown that like that's that you're not capable of like you know, respecting me. So like, why am I going to allow you in my space? Because it's not having like a discourse or like from a caring place. But then also I will say from my end, because that's assuming that the comment lever is really in the wrong. There are other times where someone might leave a reasonable comment, but it might be that that was the 15,000th time I've read that critique. Or it might be that I had a really hard day and I'm just, you know, that comment just hit me at the wrong time at the wrong place. And I might tie something back that like in the moment felt good, but then I end up feeling really bad about later. Mm-hmm. So in those cases, I don't really want to block the person. Cause it was like, I was being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so I think either way, those are kind of avoided. If I am consuming these comments, like reading my comments when I'm in a calm, mm-hmm. stable place and in a, at a setup time. And I make a pre-agreement with myself that I'm not going to like comment with anyone in like a reactive, angry space. Good, yeah, and if I right. realize that I am, I'm going to just, this 20 or 30 minute like morning or afternoon check-in is over. 
and I will come back to it later. And but uh, and also like making sure that you're like not too hot and not too cold and not hungry. Like part, again, like I always come back to like our physical experience because it always colors it. And when you do something where you know it's going to be challenging, it's like you know, be in a comfortable chair, like have a dog on your lap, like whatever it takes to sort of be like, okay, now I'm going to mindfully engage because I don't want to, you, you say you don't want to shut yourself off from this. Like you, you want to do this, but like, and I always feel, I don't know about you, but I always feel like if I have pen and paper, even if I never write anything down, I feel like, okay, I'm kind of at the ready to like, if I have a thought or, or something, I don't know, to me, that's calming. Um, but I, I always feel calm. I always have it. There you go. I literally, like, I, yes. I always have no, it. No, it's just, always. right? You just feel like you're at the ready. So, um, ooh, so I'm going to be so curious if this helps. So, so you know. Um, We're going to report back in March. Ooh, We're going to yeah. do a post. We're going to report back in March. So my resolution is a morning and a nighttime engagement time. I And I was wondering earlier if it includes... Um, just scrolling, which I got to say no, mm-hmm. because right. my ass is, but as far as like engaging in the comments yes. on my posts. Right. Because there's one yes, you're consuming, I, but this you're engaging. Yes. So I'm, so I, and I actually, because it doesn't take that long to read the comments, I don't need to get stuck down there for, I think it's 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. And I wouldn't do it That's too close could, to your bedtime because it could get you riled not, up. And, or like that too close to like my waking. Cause it's like, I'm, yes. it's, it can be. So I think it's like, yeah, like mid morning and then like end of work day. Yes. That's going to be my resolution. And I would consider so, setting like, but, an alarm for the, for the 10 minutes so that you know when your time is up. And as a questioner, you'll start to customize this and you're like, actually, I like to do 15 minutes at night and just five minutes in the morning or whatever, or it's not enough time or it's plenty of time. Yeah, you'll you'll start to customize it. And I think the most the more wide so, angle solution is like not letting my well-being be dictated by what's going on in the comments yes. of my social media is like the wider yeah. resolution. Right. And also Gretchen like thank you for being so patient and kind and like helpful with me making my resolution. I hope you guys thought about some of your resolutions as w- while we were doing that because that was everything. Um, so we're rounding third base here. We're, we're coming into our final segment. So 24 just started. 2024 has just started, but it's never too late to start a, re- a resolution because really it's, you know, January 3rd is everyone's listening to this. I think it's, it's the first week of January. So we have a lot of strategies on how to make a more effective resolution and customizing it for ourselves, understanding what personality type we are. Um, but how can we be more playful in creating our New Year's resolutions? Like, what's the happiness trifecta and what's, like, the word of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just, for some people, they don't have positive associations with the ideas of a New Year's resolution. So so you, there's playful ways. There's more fun, fresh ways to set yourself up. So one of them, um, so so on the Happier podcast, we talked about the trifecta. So these, these are three different approaches that you can use. You can use one of them, two of them, three of them. So one is to pick a one-word theme for the year. So this is sort of an overarching theme that kind of sets the tone and reminds you of something, kind of a big thing you want to keep in mind. Um, Like one year I picked salt, and that was to remind me to like, add that like little extra element that's going to boost the flavor and, and to have like salt is purifying and it preserves, like I was really into preserving memories. So, and then, you know, like I got a salt t-shirt from my sister that said salt on it. It was like, how did you get a salt t-shirt? And she said it was part of a salt and pepper Halloween costume. So who knew? (laughs) So it can be fun to pick a one word theme. Um, And, you know, and people often pick words that have multiple meanings and have a lot of personal 
reverberations for them. So that can be a really fun thing to do. Another thing is to do a 24 for 24 list, which is you just write down 24 things you would like to do in 2024. They could be fun. They could be easy. They could be challenging. You can have fun with the number 24, like I'm going to read 24 novels or I'm going to, um, you know, uh, uh, try 24 new recipes, or I'm going to do two things every month to get to, tw- I'm going to do two new hikes every month to get to 24. So having fun with a 24 for 24 list, um, or you can uh, do an annual challenge. So do something for 24 minutes a day in 2024. Like I'm in a garden 24 minutes a day in 2024. Uh, last year on, uh, we did go outside 23 and 23 being like, go outside for at least 23 minutes every day in 2023. It's just kind of, again, it's like a fun did you way. Do it? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's so great. It's so many great things happen when we go outside. It's so fun. Um, but we did walk 20 and 20. We did read 21 and 21, rest 22 and 22. Um, uh, what are you going to do by the time it gets to be like 35 well, this and is like the thing. 42? No, a lot of people are like, what about the 75 and 75 list? How are we going to handle that? I'm like, okay, there's a lot of, you can do seven plus five. You can do, I mean, there, we'll, we'll figure it out. Oh, you're like, and okay, even yeah, with you're, 20, you'll get there. Even with 24, you can do two to four. Like um, we're going to do, for, so for 24, it's write 24 and 24. You can write, so you can either write for 24 minutes a day, but it's enough just to write for two to four minutes a day. Like maybe you're just, digging at yourself out from your emails or you're making a to-do list every morning to set your priorities, um, two to four minutes or 24 minutes, you can choose either way. You're still having fun with the 24. Again, it's a little bit whimsical. It feels a little bit lighter than maybe New Year's resolutions um, do. And now if people at the end of this podcast are just like, I need more Gretchen in my life. Where are you <laughs> the most active? What what social are you on? Um, I know that we can take the quiz. Yes. Um, where are you, are you doing newsletters? Yes. I know we have the Happier podcast. Yep. Where can people follow your work? All over you? the places. So if you go to GretchenRubin.com, that's, a, that's my site and you can find everything there, the quizzes and all my social and more there than you would ever want to know about habits, for tendencies, happiness, all that. Um, I'm on social as Gretchen Rubin and all the places. Uh, yes, I have a podcast called Happier with Gretchen Rubin, where which I do with my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who's a Hollywood showrunner. Um, we talk about how to be happier. I have a weekly newsletter called Five Things Making Me Happy, and you can get that on my on my website. And I love to engage with people. I've learned so much. I've gotten so many great suggestions and observations and insights. So um, I love to engage with people um, on on these subjects. Um, so hit me up. Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on Getting Curious, being our first guest of 2024. What a year, what a time. Thank you so much for coming on our show. We had so much fun. I had so much fun talking to you. I am such a longtime fan of yours. It truly makes me happy to get to talk to you. And I am so eager to hear how your engagement time ends up working for you. I'm so excited about it. I wrote it down. I'm going to slay this, this resolution. Thank you for coming on, Gretchen. We appreciate you. Thank you. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. You can learn more about this week's guest and their area of expertise in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. And honey, there's more where that came from. You can follow us on Instagram at CuriousWithJVN. We are doing the most over there and it is so much fun. You can catch us here every Wednesday. And also make sure to tune in every Monday for alternating episodes of Curious Now and Pretty Curious. Still can't get enough? Subscribe to Extra Curious on Apple Podcasts for commercial-free listening and our subscription-only show, Ask JBN, where we're talking sex, relationships, and so much more. 
Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. Our engineer is Nathaniel McClure. Getting Curious is produced by me, Chris McClure, Julia Melfi, and Allison Weiss, with production support from Julie Carrillo, Ann Curry, and Chad Hall. 